Staying on top of your finances is like running a marathon. From an outside perspective, it seems very complicated and difficult. But in practice, it's just about developing solid habits and sticking to them. The truth is, you don't need to know your finances inside and out in order to have things under control. You just need to stay up on a few important metrics that measures how well you're doing in certain areas to see if you're making progress. When used appropriately, metrics can be a useful way to measure your financial performance over time. It helps you quantify your financial position and you can transform the way you think about and handle your finances. Hey Money Geeks, this is the Money Bagel Show. We're a community of financial nerds who want to make smarter financial decisions and get an accelerated path to financial freedom. Today's show is about personal financial metrics and how by tracking them you can set up yourself for positive changes. If that's something that you need help with, then stick around. I'm Gabe Kaplan, I'm a certified financial planner and a CPA running a specialized fee-only advisory firm in New York City. And my sole purpose is to help you make smarter money decisions. Today's show is a special one. We're covering an exciting topic in our personal finance segment. But first, we'll go through the most important pieces of economic and market news that could affect your financial plan. Then we'll go over one of my favorite topics, what financial metrics you should be tracking. And then we'll also answer some questions from our listeners and still leave time for my wife's favorite part of the show, our trivia. It's become a habit of the show to remind you that you shouldn't take advice from me unless you're a client and I work for you as a fiduciary. Think of this just as helpful hints of education and information. And before you make any decisions, talk to your legal advisor, your tax advisor, your financial advisor, people that do know you because that's just common sense. Now let's talk about some important economic news. Our market review segment is where we look at important economic events that could affect our investments. The Fed cut interest rates a quarter of a point but the market is showing that it expects more policy support. Investors largely expect the Fed will follow this rate cut with another one at its next meeting on September 17th and 18th. Let's talk about trade. Tariffs will soon cover almost all trade in goods between China and America. And I repeat this, it'll be almost in all goods. This means that on September 1st, the Trump administration will be applying tariffs of 10% to about $300 billion of worth of Chinese imports on top of the 25% tariff already in place on $250 billion worth of imports. Some companies may have stockpiled goods to avoid the duties at the cost of extra storage space and loans. This tranche of tariffs will be imposed on end products. That means that it will be imposed on clothing and consumer electronics. So the consumers will be feeling the impact way more. Personally, I think this is the beginning of the end of this amazing business cycle. So now let's move on to today's topic, personal finance metrics. In the last episode, we learned about goals, which essentially is the starting point and ending point of your personal financial plan. By setting targets to your personal finances, you can probably see how well you're progressing towards your goal measure how far along you are in getting to your destination, and really how much is left. 
industry experts have created hundreds of different metrics, some better than others. If you can think of a financial concept or goal, someone's measured it and made it a formal metric. In fact, in some cases, people have made like books out of a specific metric. Today, we're cutting through the clutter and teaching you about the 10 most useful types of personal finance metrics. So let's start with the most basic ones. Income. And I'm serious here. Like this is one of the most important things that people fail to measure. Now it's very easy if you have a normal job. If you get a steady paycheck, that's pretty easy to calculate. If you're an entrepreneur, a contractor, a consultant, or self-employed, this might be a little bit harder to figure out. So how much money are you bringing in every month? That's one of the most important questions. You look backwards. Is this income going to go up over time? Here you're trying to figure out, is this gonna go well in the future or not? If it's gonna go down, what are you doing about it? If it's gonna go up, well, how much? How certain are you about this? So income is actually pretty important to figure out. The second one is expenses. If you're earning over 120,000, you're still living paycheck to paycheck and don't know why, I can guarantee you, you're not doing a very good job of tracking your expenses. One of the easiest ways to decrease your expenses is just to start tracking them and see where your money is going. It's almost magical how just taking one second to be aware of what you're spending your money on will prevent you from a lot of frivolous spending. Tracking expenses over time will lead to many valuable insights specifically on your personal inflation rate. And I'm not talking about like the usual inflation rates of the economy. This is actually like lifestyle inflation, spending that goes up over time just because you become more mature and less likely to stay at a motel or a hostel and you want to enjoy the good things of life. That's what I call personal inflation rate. And it creates disasters for some people. So moving on is the savings rate. We define it savings rate as percentage of disposable income, not as total income. So it's a little bit different. When you break it down, once you've paid all your taxes, there are only two things you can do with the money, spend it or save it. And so we want to focus on the latter part, which is saving it. For our purposes, we treat income taxes as an unavoidable from gross income. And so what we're optimizing is for savings rate. It's anything that's after income imperial taxes. So are you tracking this number? Do you have a goal in mind? What has been your performance? Has it been steady, a steady savings rate? You know, folks ask me how much they should be saving. And that really depends on each one of you. Like that's a very personal question depending on each other's situation. Some folks who are living in New York, just starting out, they're gonna live paycheck to paycheck because it's difficult to make it work. But if you're living in a place that has a less expensive cost of living, then you should be saving a substantial amount of your income. So several factors can impact your savings rate. And one of those is your income growth over time. Are you growing your income quicker than your expenses? Are you saving at least 15% of your income? Those are important questions you should actually ask. The fourth personal finance metric is net worth. It represents the sum total of your entire financial life reduced to just a few numbers. It's essentially the difference between all of your assets and all of your debts. It can be helpful to guide you in determining what financial changes you need to make to achieve long-term growth and big picture goals. When you check your net worth, you're actually looking at a few specific things. The first one is an internal thing. So whether or not you're comfortable with your net worth, is this number reflective of where you wanna be financially? And if not, how can you work to correct it? And the second characteristic or the second thing you wanna look at in your net worth is whether or not it's trending upwards. 
Because if it's trending downwards, that implies that there is an issue. And if there is an issue, you need to find it and fix it. The fifth personal finance metric is passive income. Creating genuine passive income is the holy grail of personal finance. There are hundreds, if not thousands of blogs dedicated to showcasing like how you can create passive income on the internet. Not all passive income is created equal. Some streams take way more initial effort to get started and built up, such as saving enough to buy your first rental property. But once you start, it's very difficult not to gain momentum. So everything passive first takes active energy. The questions you want to ask yourself is what percentage of your expenses are covered by passive income and how quickly is this percentage growing? So when will your passive income be large enough to replace all of your expenses. And once you reach that point, you've reached nirvana. Next two personal finance metrics are in the area of investments. So personal finance metric number six touches upon investment returns and risk. So are you tracking your risk-adjusted returns against a benchmark or you're just tracking performance against a benchmark? If you're doing the latter, that's not a fair comparison because you could be taking way more risk and as a result, getting much better return than the market. But that doesn't mean that you're beating the market by being better than everybody else. That just means you took more risk. On the other side, if you're taking less risk, well, in that case, you shouldn't expect the market return. You should expect a little bit less. And you need to take all this information into consideration when you're making the investment choices out there. Another important piece of this puzzle is investment fees. And so the question you want to ask yourself is, for this type of return that I'm getting, this risk-adjusted return that I'm getting, how much fees am I paying? Because if you're paying a high amount of fees and there's another option out there with lower fees, you're obviously going to go out to get to the lower option, the lower cost option. So that's just natural, but you need to be proactive in reviewing the fees at least once a year. Those are the two most important personal finance metrics in the area of investments. Let's move on to taxes now, which is personal finance metric number eight. And so the name of the game here is to optimize your taxes in the legal framework where you reside. So for my folks that are, live in the US, what's the most common tax technique out there is deferral of income. What it means is that you defer your income so you pay taxes much later. And if you work for a large company or any company that provides a 401k plan or a 43b plan, or if you have a personal IRA, then you're already taking advantage of this technique because you're putting money on a pre-tax basis into these accounts, letting it grow for a couple of years or many years. If you're very young, it could be 30, 40 years. And then you're taking it out. And when you take it out, you're taxed. That's something you should be always aware of. The ninth personal finance metric is debt and interest cost. And what you want to make sure here is that the interest cost on your debt does not represent such a high proportion of your disposable income. If it does, then you need to figure out ways of increasing your income or reducing your expenses. The other part of this equation is making sure that your debt is smaller than your assets. And this is not always possible, especially if you're coming out of college with a huge amount of debt, then that will be particularly difficult. But for those folks that have already probably repaid their loans, making sure that 
your debt is manageable in the long run is very important. And the final personal finance metric, it's an independent number out there, and that's your credit score. You should be tracking it for two reasons. A, you want to make sure that it accurately represents your credit history, so there's nothing there funky. And B, there's such an enormous amount of identity theft, and people could technically go and open bank accounts under your name if they have the information, then what you actually need is to mod your credit. And so I hate to say this, but with the Equifax breach and with a ton of other breaches out there that have occurred, it's a necessity, not a choice anymore. So that concludes all our personal finance metrics. Remember, all these metrics, they're only useful as your data. Making sure that you're using high quality, accurate data will determine your success in using metrics. Try not to get stuck in the weeds here. I know we've discussed in this episode 10 personal finance metrics, but you might decide that where you're better served by only following two of them, then go for it. Whatever you do, try not to focus too hard on any one metric or statistic. These statistics or figures, whatever you want to call it, are best served in tandem to view your financial health holistically. So viewing only one of them, or one or two actually, might not be representative of your overall financial health. So that would be a mistake. So let's move on now to this week's improvement idea. And it is a suggestion I got early on in my career, but I never followed through until like two weeks ago. And it's been amazing to see the change and it's a time tracker. Get yourself a time tracker. I know now how long certain tasks take and I've been able to put the right amount of time in my calendar. Again, I don't know if you remember, but I actually mentioned, I think it was in the previous episode or the one before that I put my to-do list on the calendar and I tried to estimate how much time a certain task will take me and I'm pretty off. And so I think this time tracker thing will actually help me get a better sense of how long things take. Let's move on to trivia time. This is my wife's favorite section. How does this work? Go to moneybagel.com slash trivia and answer this episode's questions. The person who answers all these questions correctly and the fastest will get extra points. At the end of the year, I will aggregate all the points and the winner gets a surprise. So the questions are, what year did Bravo launch? The channel, Bravo. Real Housewives, that kind of channel. Yes. What year did it launch? The second question is, what is the name of the law, the act that deals with antitrust? What is the most famous name of that act that's usually called something act? There are a couple that deals with antitrust, but the most famous one. The third question, who was the last astronaut to walk the moon? Yes, we know who the first one was. We know who the second one was. That's Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. But who was the last one? Who was the last person who touched the moon? That's it. So for our next episode, we'll be talking about budgeting. We'll answer the following questions. Why should you have a budget? How do you get started? And how does a good budget look like? What are some good operating procedures to follow through? And so that is the topic for the next episode. It is a great topic. It is an important topic. It is a topic that everybody should listen to. And I hope you do. 
Did you like this episode of The Money Bagel Show? We'd love if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All performance references are historical and no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested in directly. Gabriel Kaplan or The Money Bagel Show are not affiliated with or endorsed by any firm or governmental agency.